Slide as a DM. I think it's slide into our DMs. <laughs> You're showing your age, mother. Models know what's going on. Hey. <laughs> well, here we are on this amazing podcast about modelling. I'm Claire, and I run Ginnerstat Models. I'm Amber. I'm your daughter. Yes, she will. And I'm the director of Ginnerstat Models. Yeah. And together, we are a mother-daughter power duo. We are a power duo. Yes, we are. <laughs> Why are we a power duo? Because we're making the industry a more inclusive place, Claire. We are. We definitely are. And you're going to learn all about it. We have got things lined up for you. Boy, have we got things to tell you. It's going to be good. We are so excited. We are ripping open the model industry. Yeah, from the inside out, we're ripping it open and we're going to bear it all. All is going to be bad. I wrote a book. I did that. Mm -hmm. But we, we want to take it one step further. <laughs> Don't worry. Yeah. So never enough. We need everyone to hear what you have to say. Yeah. And you. And what I have to say. Of course. There, I mean, there's, really. so, there's so many elements of this industry that we feel that it needs to be shared with every single person that is interested in the fashion industry, which is so many of them. Or not. People that aren't interested and think it's not for them and don't understand it. Maybe. So those people that, that want to understand more about the industry, want to learn how to be successful within it, models, makeup artists, stylists, whoever you are, runners, anyone. Yeah. And those people that look in magazines or look at TV commercials and think, God, like, how do these people even land that job? Like, what, is that, what does that involve? Who, who are those people? And who's behind it? Yeah. And we're going to tell you. We're going to tell you what's behind it. We are going to lift that curtain. Because people are scared of the, or not scared, but people think the industry is some like crazy place. Like, oh, yeah, an exclusive club or in a high club or somewhere. It's never a club. It's never a club, baby. We are inviting you into the club. Opening the doors. And you're all <laughs> invited. You're all invited. I always get told by my friends that you are like the most interesting mum in the world like everyone's obsessed with Claire everyone wants to know about Claire I'm just Claire's child I'm just living in our shadow come on then let's have it why, why is everyone why is everyone so obsessed with Claire there I don't know it's, it's a bit of a weird one really I mean what do you want to know I've just worked really hard at what I do I mean you know look I started as a model at age 16 and I was desperately you know wanted to get away from the situation I was in and I was the door was opened into this industry that was Amazing. You leaped through it, baby. I leaped through those doors and I... Burst through the doors. Let's have a look back. Because I was opened up to this amazing world of people that were creative and people that were interesting. They had stuff to say. I mean, I'm deeply creative. Mm. And I'm not only that, I'm a really hard worker. Mm. So I, you know, I modelled for years and years and years. I travelled the world. I sort of learned the industry from the model side, if you like. And then after that, I had children and I was thinking, well, what, what am I going to do now? What am I going to do now? Let's talk about your modelling career first. So well, how did that go? Because you're quite a successful model. If you don't mind me saying, you did all right. She did, she did a bit, she did a few bits and bobs, didn't you? Yeah, I did. I've so how did that begin? Look, I've got red hair. So that was my kind of, you know, route. How I didn't think that, think that then. I didn't have the confidence probably that I have now. But yeah, I mean, there wasn't many, there wasn't many redhead models that looked like me. So that's, that was quite a niche in the beginning. You're right. Um, and I, you know, if there was a hair commercial casting, I had a really 
they want to begin then wanna... let's talk about how your actual modeling career started like i want your journey now well my mom heard on the radio that models one were coming to bristol and mm-hmm. i the infamous models one bristol which is where we are now so the model models one met me in a hotel they met a hotel. i think it was the the don't know the what did they the one at the bottom of, of White Ladies Road, that one. I don't know that one. And they're not the brand. How lovely. Yeah, they're in there. They're... Did you have a drink? What did you do? No, I waited outside a room, really nervous. My twin brother came with me. And I just, um, they, I went in there and there was a panel of bookers. with They have tape measures and God knows what else. And they were looking me up and down with their heads on the sides. And I felt very self-conscious. Yeah. So I was age 16 and looked a little bit crazy and never ever ever thought that I would ever be something that they wanted. To put this into perspective because I've seen pictures of you when you were 16. Claire was a very tall very skinny redhead. Was your hair long? Was your hair short? Or the bean pole? It was quite long. It was long. My mum always used to make me have it short when I was young and then as soon as I could look after it I grew it out. I grew it. So you had this long ginger hair. You're literally the skinniest person ever. Really tall and and gangly. And you walk into this hotel. Yeah, and there's this... And there's Models 1. There's Models 1 there. And I said, hello, I'm Claire, probably in a really shy voice. <laughs> they were just looking me up and down. They were measuring me. They were getting all excited. And I was like, I didn't know what was going on. I was thinking... Yeah. And that was it. You were in. I was in. So, so so, they basically said they wanted me to come to London. So we went to London um, a few months later, me and my mum. Didn't even know how to use the tube. Sat in this office with pictures of covers of Vogue and covers of Cosmopolitan and Harper's and Queen. Little did you know that fast forward 10, 15 years, you would probably be on then. Oh, I had no idea. No, of course not. I, I, didn't, I didn't think I fitted in. I had that. It was just crazy. What were you thinking? Were you just thinking this is a silly joke? I don't know. I mean, I was from Taunton. I was like, you know, I, I thought the agency was a hairdresser's. <laughs> I did. The most famous that all that agency in the country. Yeah, and I was like, oh, it must be a ha- all that noise must be people having their hair done. You are ridiculous. <laughs> you are ridiculous. Well, that's the closest I knew. I didn't know. This this is why this podcast is so important because even you, yeah, with all of this information that you know now, you've written a book, you've got a podcast, you've got a successful business within the industry, you had a successful modeling career before, even you walking into that, had no idea about anything about the industry. Not a Scooby. And that's that's how most people operate. They don't understand. Yeah, they don't. Because it's, it's you know, agents as well. People now think that an agency is some glamorous place. Yeah. And it's basically it's an office with loads of bookers and computers and the same as any other office. But we try and jazz it up a bit, you know. We get some neon signs and some nice wallpaper, but... It's an office, essentially. It is, and but it's where all the fun happens. Yeah, yeah, that's where we book the big jobs, the big boys. Yeah, and it's good. You're doing with one today, aren't you? I'll be ringing the bell. Yeah, we ring the bell everyone every time someone gets a job. Anyway, so very selling something. Why are you here? You brought up in it. Yeah, I have existed in this industry through you. I was a model as a child. I was a model as a teenager. I modelled through university. When I was a kid, all my homework was done at, in the Ginger Snap offices. The Ginger Snap phone number was the first phone number that I ever knew off by heart. 0117 If you need to give us a call, just pick up the phone. That's the number. 
I do not know my life without the modeling industry and ginger snap. I could not operate without it. It's like been one of the only real like constants in my childhood and my life. Thank you for that. Oh, that's so sweet. And, and now I'm here with you and I'm so grateful and excited that I get to work with you every day and like work in this amazing industry that's so exciting and different. Yeah, but you didn't do a lot of stills work, but you got a lot of TV commercials, didn't yeah. you? Yeah, it was a speaking part. So, yeah, I did a lot of TV commercials in my time. That was what I really liked to do. I liked sort of more the acting side of the industry, um, whereas Claire was more sort of high fashion. So I loved doing that. I loved meeting all different creatives. I felt really lucky growing up being in university and school, meeting all of these really amazing creative people. I felt like I knew like about a secret world that no one else knew and understood. Yeah, I I always felt like, God, I've got like a, I live a double life. <laughs> I go to school and I'm in maths and I'm doing trigonometry. And then I'm like on set or I'm, do, I'm like, I don't know, filming in a pool or filming here. It was really fun. And I remember I had just started at a new school. Like I was trying to be all cool and I was trying to make friends. And it was about Christmas time and I was on a Christmas commercial. That was good. You t- you had this, you had line. Yeah. No, it was it was it was and it was on all the time. And my maths teacher, I was doing like, oh no, trigonometry or something ridiculous. And she said in front of the whole class, Did I see you on TV last night? And I was just trying to be really cool and I didn't want you know when you're a kid, you don't want to stick out in any way. No. Just like trying to blend in and make friends. I was so embarrassed. And then um everyone made me get it up on YouTube. Yeah, and they made me show everyone. But that's cool. Yeah, I just sort of owned it. At the time, I was embarrassed, but now I think, yes. I know, it's funny. I look back and I think, at the time, you're like, oh, no. Yeah, I was embarrassed. And then I I look back now and I think, no. That was good stuff. Yeah, exactly. And we should be proud. And obviously now I see the industry from a different side. I'd sit like at the complete opposite end of a... Of, a, of the booking desk basically so now i i run the company with claire mum yeah mummy we have a good time yeah we love it don't we yeah we do and you're gonna love it too you are our socials are always open to your questions to people's questions we get questions all the time that we love to answer so i've got a few for you now claire someone here wants to know what your proudest moment is my proudest moment apart from giving birth to me yeah, of course Okay, in terms of modelling, it's got to be Vogue. I mean, she dropped the V one. I mean, you know, and it wasn't. It was the. I'm. I've got a copy of Vogue where I'm in two ten-page stories. Do you mean spread? Spread. Is a story a story sound? It's a spread. See, in my mind, a story is just an Instagram story. Yeah, we're from different eras, baby. Yeah, I'm talking nineties. You're talking noughties. Um, yeah, so two 10-page stories. I look very, two different shoots look very different in each one. And I think when that came out, I thought I had come home. That was it. I'd made it. This might be a bit of a personal question. We might need to cut this. But did you get paid well for that? No. I thought not. That's another <laughs> myth buster. Yeah. I will come to that in the next podcast. Okay. All right. I'll, I'm on the edge of my seat. Yeah, you're you wait. When I was a kid, I used to literally tell every single person in this world that my mum was in Vogue. Oh my God, are you crazy? Yeah, I used to literally walk around with a banner saying my mum was in Vogue. <laughs> oh, stop it. Well, 
you know, it was just work, wasn't it? That's the whole thing. You thought it was brilliant, but it was just work. It did lead. The thing is, it led on to so much more. After those pages came out, it was in my portfolio. It went to, you know, I got loads of TV commercials. You know, that that led on. That's the whole thing. You know, Vogue, you do Vogue and then everybody sees it. Every woman, man and his dog and cousin sees it in the industry and you get booked and booked and booked and booked. And that was me for the next three, four, five years. So even though you didn't actually get paid well for that spread or story, it paid in the long run. Exactly. And that's the whole thing about the modelling industry. It's a long-term game. You know, it's not it's not short game. It's a long game. It really is. So I got booked and booked and booked after that. Just Vogue was... I, I knew at the time that that was it. That was me sorted. And that was kind of the start of, you know, my career. My silver year or career. So, so yeah, that was my proudest moment. Okay. Someone else has asked here, how do you deal with disappointment in the industry? Oh, that is a real big one. Disappointment is horrendous. And I have models who have been up for big commercials and big jobs that they really needed on the phone in tears to me, which breaks my heart because it's a really hard one to deal with you know that disappointment rejection it's a rejection it is isn't it rejection. You, and, and and the worst part is it's a really personal rejection it is because it's, it's how you look it's how you look but how i dealt with it is this the client has an idea of who they want right picture in their head they got a picture in their head and if you don't fit that you won't get the job and you've got to get your head right and thinking it's, it's, it's not personal. It's not about me. It's about the product. It's about the job. It's about the client and what they want. And that, so, that's hard to get your head around. It is. Because you could be the most beautiful person in the whole world. But if you, you, don't, you don't fit the brief. That's it. You don't fit the brief. And you'll yeah. never get it. So, you know, I was a successful model and I got probably 10 to 20% of the, of the jobs that I went for. Wow. Yeah. And people really? thought I was really successful. Yeah, and it's the same with actors. You talk to any actor, they'll talk about how they went for this role and that role, and they didn't get it. It's it's normal. You, the rejection is part of being a model. You have to learn to and deal with it. You've got to learn to to own it and just think, well, I didn't get that. I'm going on to the next one. My modelling career was not as extensive as Claire's, but I will say this. I, not to blow my own trumpet or anything. Go on, blow it. But I... I'm such a resilient person. I'm so good at dealing with rejection in my personal life, in my professional life. Not that I get rejected all that often. But when it happens, I'm totally okay with it. And I really, really put that down to my time and experience in this industry. Because I can deal with any, absolutely any rejection now. Because I've I've been through the most personal rejections possible, what feels like a personal rejection in this industry. So it made you more resilient. Hundred percent. I genuinely believe I could go like withstand anything in my life. <laughs> well, I mean, yeah, that's, that's that's good and bad, really. I mean, it's good that that was laid, you know, in the beginning. Yeah. But yeah, it's a difficult thing to get your head around. And actually, it the modelling does make you make you resilient to all sorts of all sorts of things, which is why I think you know lots of people should try it because it, it does, especially young people, because a lot of young people don't have that confidence. So that actually that resilience does build that confidence. So as Rotten, and I'm really grateful for this industry for making me a really resilient person that can deal with rejection really well. You're so welcome. The final question we have today is from someone on Instagram that asked, what does the future hold for you? 
For me, parsley or ginger snaps? It's had you. Oh, God. Um, but doesn't that is are they not one and the same? They, there are so many plans in plays that I can't. Some of them I can't even talk about because they're um, under wraps right now. There's a lot of exciting things happening um, in Ginger Snap right now. There's there's obviously since Amber came on board, there she's brought with her a lot of new ideas and plans which are, we're putting in, into plays. I mean, I can't feel bad because I can't really talk about them. But what I'm going to say is that it is so exciting that I can barely sit on this seat because it's gonna be good and what about you personally personally can you see yourself being in this industry forever well someone ex- described me the other day as Clara thought you were die hard as in a die hard is that right as in I was gonna stay in the industry forever you're literally gonna stay and it is it does run through my blood I find it very hard to imagine my life without the model industry and without ginger snap so you got me for a little while longer i also think that the modeling industry in the southwest would be a very different place without you in it oh that is so sweet yeah you have a real presence in the industry here locally stop it that's so that's so cute you said things today that are just making me tear up I like to think that it, within Bristol, I have, and the Southwest, I have made things better in terms of the industry. I've opened up the Southwest to the globe because we are dealing with global mm-hmm. campaigns. So Boys. I'm hoping that I've put us on the map. And I think you're, if you ever do leave the industry, I think you will be leaving it in far better shape than you found it. Feet first. What does that mean? Like a sliding tackle. <laughs> no, he's no. Producer John is noisy. John is absolutely killing himself laughing what right now because he's like my age. Oh, is it an old school ref? Yeah, it's feet first. Were you? If, what do you think if you go feet first? You jump. I don't know. Yeah, or you go out in a coffin. Oh, what I'm saying is, it's my life, and that's that's how it is. So I want to be taken out the office in a coffin. <laughs> Jesus. Anyway, that's morbid. While well, I come to terms with the fact that I'll have to drag my mother out this office in a coffin. Yeah, sorry. Well, I don't mean it like that. It just loves it. It's a bit morbid, but you know, it's it's, it's fun to think about. If you have a sliding tackler out the door. <laughs> if you died, you'd, you'd pass away with the phone in your hand and some model cards splayed out. Yeah, if I died, I'll, I'll turn it into a sliding tackle. Just feeling. <laughs> that's so silly. Thanks so much for getting to know us, guys. We've really enjoyed chatting with you. Loved it. Thank you so much. Really enjoyed it. What have we got going on next time, Claire Bell? Oh, next time we are going to talk about the nuts and bolts of the of the business. We're, t- we're getting down and dirty and we're looking at... Modelling is a business, whether you like it or not. It's, it's a business. So we are going to... We've got a business owner coming in, an exciting one, who's going to talk to us about owning a business working a business how how it works i think it will be really helpful and really interesting he's an interesting guy it's going to be fun it's gonna go off (laughs) yeah it is really look forward to seeing you next time that's it a wrap